0: Hello, this is Saeedu Zaman from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Tuesday, the 18th of April. The Chief Justice of India, D.Y. Chandrachud, today said that since the Supreme Court decriminalized homosexuality in 2018, there is greater acceptance towards it in Indian society, Live Law reported. Several petitions seeking legal recognition for same-sex marriages are being heard by a five-judge bench headed by Chandrachud. The bench also comprises Justices Sanjay Kishankal, S. Ravindrabhat, P.S. Narsema and Hima Kohli. The pleas contend that LGBTQIA plus citizens should have the freedom to marry whoever they choose. However, this demand has met with the central government's opposition. The centre said in an affidavit that the Indian concept of a family, which includes a biological man and a biological woman, cannot be compared to living together as partners and engaging in sexual activities with people of the same sex. The Supreme Court had decriminalized homosexuality in India in 2018 in the Navtej Singh Johar case. The criminalization of consensual gay sex under the Section 377 of the Indian Penal Code was deemed to be irrational, indefensible and manifestly arbitrary by a five-judge constitution panel. The Rashtriya Suyamsevak Sangh and the Jamyat Ulimaya Hind, who have argued that marriages should only be permitted between people of the opposite gender, agree with the government's position. Hearing the pleas, Chandrachu said that even the need for a 30-day notification period under the Special Marriage Act is unconstitutional, Bar & Bench reported. Under the Special Marriage Act of 1954, an interfaith couple must send a written notice of the marriage to the district marriage officer. This notice is made public which allows for later hearing of any objections to the marriage. In 2021, the Allahabad High Court had decided that individuals could opt to not publish the notice. The Supreme Court now is hearing an appeal over the decision according to the Indian Express. A petition calling for an impartial probe into the murders of gangster turned politician Ati Ahmed and his brother Ashraf in Prayagraj Uttar Pradesh will be heard by the Supreme Court on April 24th the Hindu reported. The plea filed by advocate Vishal Tiwari was brought up for an urgent hearing before Chief Justice of India DY Chandrachud. Tiwari also asked for an inquiry into the 183 encounters that have taken place in Uttar Pradesh since 2017. On April 15th, three men posing as journalists shot the Ahmed brothers dead at close range while police officers were taking them for a medical examination. The funeral services for Ahmed's son Asad, who died with one of his aides on April 13th in a police encounter in Jhansi, were held just hours before the shootout. In the six years of the Yogi Adityanath-led government, the UP police claimed on April 14 that it had killed 183 accused offenders in encounters, including Asad and his accomplice. Atik Ahmed, his brother and son were all accused in the kidnapping and murder case of Umesh Pal, an eyewitness in the 2005 killing of Bahujan Samaj party MLA Raju Pal. On February 24, Umesh Pal was shot and killed in Prayagraj. Listeners, on Saturday, three suspects posing as media persons gunned down Atik and his brother Ashraf in Prayagraj. Lapses on part of the UP police were as much in focus as the unwavering commitment of journalists, who continued to report from the spot despite the risk. My colleague Sumeda Mittal, in her report titled The Bullet Could Have Hit Any of Us, Journalists Recall Amr Brothers Shootout, details the experience of the journalists who were there to report the incident live. We have been able to bring you such reports because we are funded by you and not by corporations or the government. Your support is all we ask for. If you aren't a subscriber already, become one today. Subscribe to newslaundry.com and pay to keep news free. Our subscription starts at only 300 rupees a month. In a case related to anti-CEA protests and possible Maoist ties, the Supreme Court today granted bail to independent Assam MLA Akhil Gogoi, PTI reported. However, Guwahati High Court order, which had set aside Akhil Gogoi's discharge in the case, was affirmed by a bench of justices V. Ramasubramaniam and Pankaj Mithil. The lawmaker, who has allegedly been speaking out against the central government during the protest against the Citizenship Amendment Act, had filed a petition with the Supreme Court challenging the High Court's order of February 9. That order allowed the special NIA court in Assam to move forward with the framing of charges against him in one of the two cases. Prior to this, the High Court had given the NIA permission to seek the framing of charges in the Special Court against Akhil Gogoi and three of his friends. The NIA is investigating two cases against him related to anti-CEA protests. In one of the cases, the Special NIA Court had granted him bail, although the investigation agency had challenged it in April 2021. The RTI activist remained in judicial prison even as the NIA probed him, and bail was denied in the second case involving anti caa violence. In connection with the demonstrations and statements against the Citizenship Amendment Act in December 2019, Gogoi and three other people were accused of a number of crimes and of having ties to Maoist organizations. These allegations, including violations of the UAPA and the Indian Penal Code sections 124A, 153A, and 153B, which is a statement against national integration, which encouraged animosity between religious communities. The Bombay High Court today said that no further monitoring is required into the killing of rationalist Narendra Dabholkar. Eight years after the court started to monitor the probe being carried out by the Central Bureau of Investigation, PTI reported. On August 20, 2013, while out for a morning stroll in Pune, Dabholkar, the founder of Maharashtra Andh Shraddha Nirmulan Samiti, was fatally shot by two individuals who were reportedly affiliated with the extremist group Sanatan Sanstha. Since the CBI took over the investigation of the case in 2014 and began providing monthly reports to the court, the High Court has been keeping an eye on the investigation. The appeal submitted by Mukta Dhabulkar, the daughter of Narendra Dhabulkar, asking for the judicial monitoring to continue, was dismissed on April 18th by a division bench of Justices A.S. Ghatkari and P.D. Nayak. The judges said as far as monitoring of the probe is concerned, the accused have no locus standi," and added that they are only on the point of whether or not to continue monitoring it. The CBI notified the High Court that its investigation into the case was finished in January of this year and that the investigation officer had issued a closure report to its head office for approval. According to U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, a U.S. diplomatic convoy in Sudan came under fire in what seemed to be an attack by fighters connected to the paramilitary rapid support forces. Blinken called the event reckless and irresponsible, Reuters reported. The fighting between Sudan's army and the paramilitary RSF that erupted on Saturday has resulted in at least 185 deaths and more than 1,800 injuries, the UN envoy Volker Perthes said. The struggle for control has halted the transition to civilian administration and stoked concerns about a larger conflict. Blinken claimed that diplomatic convoy that was attacked on Monday was flying American flags and that everyone inside was safe. Following the shooting, Blinken issued a stern warning telling Sudan's Army Chief General Abdel fateh Al-Burhan and RSF leader General Mohammed Hamdan Dagalo, also known as Hemeti, that any threat to American diplomats was intolerable. In the midst of fighting and airstrikes in the nation's capital Khartoum, as well as conflict elsewhere, the warring factions have each asserted that they have achieved gains. Power and water have been cut off in Khartoum as a result of the fighting and smoke has been hanging over the city amid a flurry of airstrikes, artillery fire and gunfire. The United Nations envoy to Sudan Perthis, said on Monday that neither side has shown any indications of being open to talks. The fighting is at its worst in decades in Khartoum and its neighbouring sister cities Umdarmun and Khwari. The confrontation threatens to split Sudan between two military factions that had previously co-ruled the country during a difficult political transition. Following a coup in 2021 and the removal of seasoned leader Omar Bashir in 2019, as a result of widespread protests, the army chief Burhan now leads the ruling council. Hemeti, the RSF leader, is his deputy. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow.